From Manhattan Associates, this is Nucleus of Innovation, the retail and supply chain podcast where we tackle some of the most important topics in the industry and learn how leaders are managing their supply chain challenges every day. I'm your host, Chris Shaw. I'd like to give a quick reminder to all our listeners that we're adjusting our podcast a bit for the next few weeks as we focus on the impacts and the outcomes of COVID-19 and what that will mean for manufacturers, distributors, and retailers in both the near and long term. So you'll be getting a short form of our podcast, but the plan is to do a whole lot more of them for you. I want to apologize today in advance for any audio discrepancies. All of us on the podcast here are quarantined at home, just like you. First, I'd like to introduce Jeff Ball, Senior Retail Industry Leader at Manhattan Associates, who's joining us on the podcast today. First off, Jeff, I have to ask you, how much toilet paper do you have left? <laughs> it's dwindling. It's dwindling, and, and the stores uh, near me do not have any. So, you know, I'm being smart. I'm going to make it last. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we're running into the same issue. I, I think we lucked out a little bit. My son, he's a sophomore in college, and he was uh, participating in a bingo tournament about two months ago. And his prize in bingo, which at the time we thought was really funny, was two cases of toilet paper which now has become infinitely more valuable uh, in the in the recent turn of events. Yeah, I'll give you a call if, I, uh, if, if, if it gets too low here. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, certainly we will probably have an episode where we extol the, the, the amazing heroics that our grocery and pharma supply chains are going through to try and get us more toilet paper. But what I wanted to focus on today really was just general retail, which if you read a lot of reports may be forever changed. Uh, you know, even after the outbreak gets contained due to the changes that people are having to make in our behavior, you know, they might be scared to return for a while to, to be a part of large crowds, or perhaps the economies are going to be depressed. And it certainly seems even with stimulus packages, there'll be a residual effect for a while, not to mention the dramatic shift in digital life that the virus has demanded. So I was reading the other day here in the U.S., out of the top 100 retailers, just over 60 have stores right now. And as of last week, 71% of those have closed all their stores. It, it could be even more now. Names like Nordstrom and Saks Fifth Avenue, Chanel, Ralph Lauren, Sephora, Nike, Apple, Walmart, all of these organizations have had to close their stores. We could go on and on. And most of the rest of the world outside the U.S. is, of course, seeing this a lot of the same. Jeff, what, if anything, can these retailers be doing right now to try and engage with their customers, to try and continue to provide them some of the items they desire and the services they need when they've lost their primary form of engagement literally overnight? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I, I'd say, you know, at a high level, if, if something was not already in place from a systems perspective, they're probably limited. Uh, but you know, I've seen a number of retailers, uh, making procedural changes to, to really try to have an impact and, and kind of, uh, glue things together, if you will, uh, to make the best of the situation that, that they can. Uh, so a lot of manual steps, uh, you know, first and foremost, communication to the customer, uh, of, of their status, what the retailer can and can't do, just really making it clear, uh, what services are available and how they can help, uh, you know, from whatever systems and processes they have. So that, that's first and foremost. 
Um, but, you know, I, as you said, I, I think life, uh, you know, as we see it uh, moving forward is, is going to be changed. Uh, we're, we've been thrust into the digital life um, and, and I think it will advance it. But what it's definitely shown is that people still want uh, some kind of social interaction. Uh, and so I, I, I think, you know, on an ongoing basis, uh, we've got to look for uh, better ways or enhanced ways that we can interact with uh, the, the, the customer uh, online. Uh, and that may just be uh, more, um, more information uh, about what, what's available, uh, but uh, definitely trying to, to virtually put people uh, into an environment and, and make it as interactive as possible. Um, you know, and, and like I said, that's going to evolve over time. It's, it's not something overnight. So hopefully we'll learn from it now and then take steps uh, and, and improve for, you know, uh, well, hopefully not another crisis, but at least uh, for ongoing shopping. Okay, Jeff, I want to spend a little bit more time on something you said there, which is everybody is living more digitally overnight. Certainly our kids, uh, you know, we call them digital natives all the time, right? The Gen Zs of the world, even even some of the younger millennials of the world, they live on their mobile devices, but now everyone is living digitally. Our kids are learning remotely. Uh, many of us are working online. It, in the long run, can the abrupt shift to living digitally for the world's population, right? And, and social, because of social distancing, can it actually help retailers in the long run? What we learn, does it show us what's necessary when it comes to knowing and engaging with customers through devices? Does it really accelerate that and kind of push us beyond uh, the pace that we were sort of moving in this direction already? I, I absolutely think it, it will. Uh, you know, this is like a massive uh, uh, lab right now where we're learning from, from you know, out of necessity what, what's working, what's not, what information someone may want to, as they're shopping. Um, you know, so I, I do think we'll, we'll learn from it uh, and hopefully improve the experiences. Uh, I've seen, you know, if you, if you go and you're shopping for, for groceries, you know, if, if you have an item, uh, or you don't have an item that's that that might be enough. Uh, but as you look at apparel, which you know is is honestly not the focus right now for people who are shopping online, but eventually it will be. Uh, and and we want to improve that experience. Uh, when you're looking for apparel, uh, you know knowing just the size or whether you have it, you know may or may not be enough. And and if you're going to really make it as as uh, virtual a shopping experience as possible. You want to elaborate. So, you know, I've seen examples where where the models, you know, height, weight, size type information is shared. So you can try to paint that picture as best you can for someone who's shopping virtually, um, you know, more pictures. We've seen, you know, obviously, you've got the 360 degree views of, of things now, but I, I can see us enhancing that. I could see us using uh, virtual reality type uh, technology to continue to enhance it. Uh, again, not for today, uh, but you know, to improve it moving forward, I could see that happening. When we think about that kind of technology, does it become more important to have more information about the customer? I mean, certainly we've all heard the term personalization a lot over the last number of years. 
but does it even become more critical when you can almost never get them face to face? And, and while we're learning that now, does that information or that knowledge about who the, who our customers are, what they like, where they liked it, like those items, when they like those items, does it become even more critical as, as we move forward? Uh, it, it does, but in different ways. Uh, I, I think for, for items that you buy frequently, absolutely, you know, knowing when you order it and, and, uh, how you like it delivered and things like that, just to make the, the, uh, seamlessness and the, uh, of the shopping experience, uh, uh, you know, as best as possible is, is key. Uh, so if you, you get your coffee creamer frequently every two weeks, then great. If I don't have to think about it and I can quickly make that order, that's great. Um, I, I think what we'll see is is uh, additional information about the person to enhance a shopping experience in apparel is is probably different or or absolutely different than than what it would be for grocery and and you know sporting equipment things like that. So so each segment is going to look for additional information outside of just how is it easy to interact with me to make the transaction as quick as possible. Uh, you know, what other information will help me when selecting specific types of items on your, your digital site? Uh, or if, if I'm going on a, a trip, you know, what information can I share that will allow you to narrow that inventory as quickly as possible so that I see just stuff that would be of interest to me? Um, you know, that, that's the kind of information that uh, if the customer will share it, then we could react off, off of it. And you had mentioned earlier that there are certainly some retailers who are already down that that road. And so obviously it's easier for them to pivot to that, to, to make that jump. If we look at what the industry, what retail looks like, let, let's look down the road a bit. Let's say eight or 10 months. The you know, Will it go back to the way it was before more predominantly? Or will it continue to look more like it does now on this digital virtual world? Will we see the experiences that, that consumers are having with the retailers who are capable of providing those kind of experiences digitally. Will we see that continue to raise the expectation? Will that become the new norm? Uh, or, or do we think it'll go back more closer to what it was before? It will definitely shift back some because we're, we're, we're social creatures and we're going to want to go out and, and shop and, and, and so that, you know, it won't be all digital. Uh, but uh, I do believe that, uh, you know, we're, we're changed for here on out, uh, and the expectations of, of a digital shopping experience will, uh, be increased. Uh, and, and so, you know, retailers are going to have to adjust to it. Uh, and, and for those who are further down the path now, uh, it's going to pull everybody else with them, uh, because, uh, if, if they're providing, uh, a positive shopping experience digitally, uh, and their business, you know, increases because of it. Everybody else is going to need to to take those steps as well. Uh, they'll just be, you know, laggards. Uh, and so the key is is uh, uh, taking action as as soon as you can, uh, and and learn from from what others are doing. We're all we're all part of the digital shopping experience now. Uh, so, so we're all learning just from our day-to-day -day activities. And I think for a retailer, uh, you know, getting feedback from 
your family, your friends, as they're, they're forced to do it today. There's a lot of good ideas that can come from that. Uh, and we just need to listen and, and then react to it uh, again, as best we can, when we can. Well, Jeff, I think we, you kind of hit it on the head there, regardless of what it looks like in eight months or 10 months or 12 months, there is no way that we're not changed from the coronavirus epidemic how we're changed and how things look differently. That'll be the key, you know, figuring that out going forward. Listen, thanks, Jeff. I want to, I appreciate you joining us for today on the nucleus of innovation, and I'm certainly sure we'll be speaking together again soon. Thank you very much. 